Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. So I am appreciative of the privilege I have to come before you this morning. And just to share with you what the Lord has given to me to be shared. And I ask now, Holy God, that you, your words would be spoken through me, oh my God. And that the ears listening to my voice would hear you and your voice. Thank you, Holy Father. So when the pastor began this series, and he was... Um, talking about wanting to go through some of the heroes in Scripture. And he, I said, oh, that's, that's great. And he said, it'll be a four-week series. And I said, that's nice. And then he told me who he wanted. And I went, oh, do you mind if I speak a couple of times? And he's always grateful for that because he does enjoy not having to speak 52 weeks in a year. It's a lot. And, you know, then he has those little odd side jobs like building our building. But um, when I began to do what I wanted to or what I thought I wanted to do for this session, you know, I went before the Lord and I said, you've got to help me figure out what I need to do here. And I really wanted to do Priscilla. <laughs> And because we wanted to do an Old Testament and a New Testament. And we find Priscilla in the New Testament. But the more I searched the matter out, the more I looked into her, I realized there's never a time in Scripture that you see the name Priscilla without the name Aquila. And I realized, okay, this is... <laughs> This is going to be what you want, Lord. You want me to see so many things in this. I remember when we were in Corpus Christi, attending Corpus Christi Fellowship, and our pastor, Don, from the pulpit said, everyone believes that Mark's last name is And Christine, because that's how it was always addressed. And so we realized, as I started to read this, I realized there is no Priscilla without there being Aquila. And they are in only the New Testament, and they're introduced to us by one of two people. They're spoken of by Dr. Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, or by Paul, who was a friend of theirs. And the things that I found out about this woman, Priscilla, is that she, of course, I've already told you, she's married to Aquila. And... Um, they, he had a business. It was called tent making, but it actually incorporated more than what we think today what a tent maker is because it was interchangeable with the word leather workers. So I, and they were also considered artisans. So they didn't just put canvas on poles. They really created things. And... Um, the things that they also shared in common, that they were very good friends of Paul. Um, and in the writings 
of discovering where Aquila and Priscilla are in word. There's also Priscilla and Aquila. And that's significant because the readers who were receiving these messages realized that it was not just what was written, but how it was written that held significance. Their names interchanged meant we need to pay attention to what's being said and what it, what it means to the people who are reading it. I also discovered Priscilla is actually a nickname. <laughs> you know, usually when we do a nickname, we shorten it, right? Instead of Robert, it becomes Bob, or maybe even Bobby. But with Priscilla, the correct or proper name is Prisca. And Prisca, in research, not just by myself, but from what other people have researched in working with this couple, is um, a name that was used predominantly or mostly around the aristocratic women of Italy, particularly Rome. So it was greatly considered that Prisca, Priscilla, was um, definitely from Rome. We'll figure that out in just a minute. Uh, definitely from Italy anyway. And um, she was probably from a noble family, born into nobility, which meant she was well-educated and very distinguished among the women. So um, it also translates old, like old blood, old, just, and I know I have some friends in here who have named their relatives old when they were very young because they just kind of knew stuff. You know, they came out just knowing things and said, oh yeah, he's old. But um, both Luke and Priscilla, I mean Paul, I'm sorry, both Luke and Paul called Priscilla such, only one mention of her as Prisca. And when you call somebody by their nickname, um, it shows that one, she was approachable, that she was warm and friendly, and they had a love for one another. Um, so we're told where, where exactly Aquila came from, and it is said that he was from Pontus. And so when I looked that up, Pontus is actually today's modern-day Turkey, and on the northern coast of Turkey, which is on the, off of the Black Sea. It was always good for a tent maker, which really, you know, they did more than just, we always think of something that goes up on poles, but you know, that was something that ships needed, were the sails. And so um, being by water was very good for his business. We also knew that he was Jewish, and we knew that he was wealthy. And um, most of the historians and theologians think that with him being a good businessman and from her coming from nobility, they made a great couple. Um, actually, we meet them through Dr. Paul in his book of Acts in chapter 18. I'm going to read one through three if you'd like to come along with me. It starts off by saying, Then Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. 
If it says then, you want to go back and find out then what from what. And what it was is that Athens and Corinth are only about 50 miles apart from each other, and they're both major cities. So he had been in Athens, and he said, nah, I'm going to Corinth. What happened in Athens is what Paul was doing. So we have to know where he was and what he was thinking and what he was going through in this season of his life. Just kind of giving you a brief background with Priscilla and Aquila. And it was that um, he had been trying to preach. He wanted the people to know about Jesus. He wanted everyone, Jewish and Gentile, to know Jesus and him alone. It's never, it's never Jesus and anything. It's Jesus. And he was there preaching. And when he got to Athens, he was looking around. And he was like, whoa, these are pagan people. There were altars. There were um, all, all manners of things all around that he was just like, I need to talk to these people. They need to not be having this because they were doing their God and. And they had just had this multiplicity of worship. And he knew that wasn't right. So he went by one particular altar that said, to the unknown God. He went, okay, I got it. So he went to the people in Athens and said, I know who the unknown God is. Let me help you out. And he began to tell them. And, and they, some received, most mocked and wanted him out of there. And he said, okay, I'm through. And that's why he went. And that's what the scripture says. Then Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. Acts 18.2 says this. There he became acquainted with a Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently arrived from Italy with his wife Priscilla. Now consider, remember I told you, it's not just what is written, but how it's written. You see, if he had met Aquila and Priscilla, a Jewish couple from, but that's not what he said. He said he met Aquila, a Jew, and his wife Priscilla, I guess we could say the Italian, because that's, that tells us more than what we, but it told the people who were reading it, we needed to say, and Priscilla wasn't a Jew, but he did say that in the way he wrote it. Um, it goes on to say in 18, they had left Italy when Claudius Caesar deported all the Jews from Rome. This anti-Semitism is not new. It has been since the formation of the Hebrew people. From the start, everywhere they went, they were unwelcomed, unloved, unwanted. And I always ask the Lord, how can that be? What is this that sets them apart? Well, as the years went on, Christians also, those who were grafted into the Jewish people through the blood of Christ, being one with them in agreement about who Jesus is, 
are now also rejected, unwanted, mocked. But when Caesar said, who was the equivalency of a king, uh, according to their government or for us, a president, if he said, out. Now, the history about why he said out is different. Some say it was because this Christ guy made a bunch of problems. <laughs> he still is. <laughs> he stirs things up because those of us who know and believe walk in the way that he wants us to walk, and that really rocks the boat for a lot of other peoples. But he, um, they, they were kicked out because they said there was problems with them. So from this, we realize, well, if Paul just went to Corinth and he met up with Aquila and Priscilla, obviously that's where they went. Remember, Corinth and Athens were major cities. This is a businessman. And he knew how to continue to take care of. They've been kicked out of Rome. And it goes on to say this, just boom. And Paul lived and worked with them, for they were tent makers just as he was. I am sure of two things. I am sure that Aquila and Priscilla were not the only tent makers in a city the size of Corinth at that time. So I went back and I said, well, what connected them? How is it that out of all these people in this big city, that he get with them? Of course, the Holy Spirit plays into that. He plays into that a lot. And other speculations are, well, was Aquila, he's Jewish, but did he already know about Christ? When Priscilla married Aquila, did she convert? Is there a possibility that somehow, somewhere down the line, or before Paul showed up, there was an introduction of Jesus to either one of the couple? And I would have to say there's a strong possibility of such a thing. Because it's very probable that Aquila, when he was in Pontus even, may have gone to Jerusalem at the time of the festivals, Passover in particular, when Peter stood up. Remember, Acts starts out with the Holy Spirit coming down upon the men who were in the upper room. And he stood up, and it said there were Jews from everywhere, all around there, coming to the city of Jerusalem to celebrate, as was required by the law. And so they say not too far reach to say that it could have been very possible. Kula was there when Peter stood up and said, people, you got to know Jesus. So I thought about Priscilla. You know that same man, Peter? <laughs> He went to Rome, too. He was sent by the Holy Spirit to go talk to Cornelius. First written, first recorded Gentile to convert to Christianity. And if he went to Cornelius, who was a top-ranking officer of the Roman army, and Priscilla moved among the nobility, it is very possible that she may have been introduced as well. Doesn't matter. Those are all speculations. We have nothing written in history. They can't even agree why Claudius Caesar sent out the Jews. <laughs> They've even come up with a story 
that it was because there wasn't enough water, so he had to get rid of someone, and he sent the Jews out. I went, wow, what a stretch. <laughs> that, it wasn't true. But he, they met, they fell in love, they were there, and when Caesar said, out with the Jews, Priscilla went, regardless. And that showed me the commitment that Priscilla had to her husband. The love that was between them. She decided that if he goes, I'm going with him because we are one. And I realized what an amazing love story this is as well. Not only love for each other, but they also demonstrate their love for Jesus in their life in the small six times that I could find, although I heard, I read where someone said, no, it's seven times. I was like, okay, six. I'll take the six because I can find those. And in four out of those six times, Priscilla is named first. But this is where Paul meets them. When he leaves Athens, he's on this journey to tell the people in this area about Jesus. We have to also remember, <clears throat> let me see if I can figure this out. How easy would it be for you to be able to tell the new colony on the moon, it's a stretch, I realize, but come with me, that you want to give them some great news about the Lord? How are you going to do that? You can't mail them a letter. You can't drive there. The only way you can get to them is to actually go there. Whatever means we may have available to us. I would dare to say on a rocket ship, but I know that dates me. So the next shuttle going up. So it was with Paul. He wanted to tell these people he didn't know, but he had news for them that he needed to tell them. And the only way he could do it was to go to them. He couldn't pick up the phone. So there he was in Corinth. And there Aquila and Priscilla were in Corinth. They do the same work. And he lived with them for 18 months. That's a long time for Paul to be in one place. And it's a long time to live with someone. But wouldn't that be exciting? Wouldn't you like to have Paul in your home for a while? To just sit there and listen to him? I know we'd prefer Jesus, but yeah. But that's what they had. Um, moving on to the same book in 18, Acts 18, 18. Okay, so they've been together. Go ahead and put it up. They've been together for a year and a half, and they have become good friends. And they have learned from each other. It may have been, Paul may have learned some kind of artisan skills from them or they from him. It doesn't matter. The tent-making thing was just a way to bring in money because Paul faithfully went to the synagogue every week. Every opportunity he had to go, 
he was there and he was preaching Jesus. And it says in 18, Paul stayed in Corinth for some time after that, then said goodbye to the brothers and sisters and went to nearby Shangeria. Um, so he's been there for a year and a half. This is the man who has written the majority of the scriptures. How, how much would we have learned just sitting at Paul's feet? John's, Peter's, and they're telling us all about Jesus. That's what this couple experienced. Now they've been together for a year and a half. Their faith has grown. Their understanding has grown. And it goes on in 18 to say this. There he, Paul, shaved his head according to Jewish custom, marking the end of a vow. Now, we don't know what vow he made, but it was over. Then he set sail for Syria, <laughs> taking Priscilla and Aquila with him. Remember, pay attention. Because it's custom to name the man first. And he's calling her by this affectionate, warm name. And he's listing, I'm taking you. And he's coming too. Because typically it's, I'm taking him, and she gets to come too. In that year and a half, we know there is great growth in both of them. And it will be demonstrated later in Scripture when they are given the opportunity to display their faith. Priscilla grew up in nobility. She grew up knowing stuff, really. They had money. They could do things that most people couldn't do. They could go places most people couldn't go. They could eat more foods than most people ever even saw. And that woman married Aquila. It was not a step down from her status, except that he was Jewish. But he had the money too. And when they get expunged, they become refugees in Corinth. You see, God had a plan. Because a lot of times when we go through things that are out of our control, we don't realize the long-term effect that it's going to have. But God had a plan for this couple. And he sent them Paul. That was good for Paul, and it was good for them. And when Paul went, they're like, mm, we don't have any roots in Corinth. Yes, Paul, we will go with you. Because they didn't go just because they wanted to. He had to ask them to go. He was particular about who traveled with him. And when he left, they were at his side. Um, now, for Paul to say, Priscilla, you get to come. Yeah, and Quilla, of course. You're a set. But it's not to be taken that somehow she had dominance over him. Not at all. It's not to be taken that um, you know, he 
he was less it might it really just just shows us a couple of things it's that priscilla may have been more likely to be a, a stronger communicator be able to teach different peoples because they didn't hold anything against her in the sense of an expectation of a Jew. You know, Jewish women had a certain culture they had to live within. And because she was not Jewish, that's already removed. So that opens the door for her to be able to say a few things more. Um, it is also that she might be just more aptly to convey the message of Christ because she is a woman and therefore for most men non-threatening. And she can just get in there and talk and say some things about Jesus. Speculation. We don't know uh, what the change was, but I'll put on my own opinions here in just a moment. <laughs> Acts 18 going on in 24 through 26. Now I want to show you what happens with their year and a half with Paul, with him going with him. And um, it does say that the group went on from uh, Centuria to Ephesus, and that's where they were when this occurred. You, meanwhile, oh, and Paul's already gone, and they stayed. Aquila and Priscilla, and that's the gap of the verses there. Aquila and Priscilla have stayed in Ephesus. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, an eloquent speaker who knew the scriptures very well, had arrived in Ephesus from Alexandria in Egypt. Okay, this guy can communicate. This guy knows scripture. Now, when we talk about Scripture in the New Testament, you do realize they're talking about the Old Testament, right? The New Testament isn't together yet. It's about to be written. This is part of the writing. So when they say he knew Scripture, he knew the Old Testament. He knew it. And he could speak very well. And he's an Egyptian. Again, something non-threatening. He had been taught in 1825... He had been taught the way of the Lord, and he taught others about Jesus with an enthusiastic spirit and with accuracy. However, I love this part, because we really have to understand, he, we just told this was a fantastic pastor, preacher, teacher. He could speak it. He could say it. He knew his stuff. He knew what he had to offer to them, and he was convincing, however. He only knew about John's baptism. Wait, what? What? He only knew about John's baptism. Wait, there's more? There's more? So... When Priscilla and Aquila heard him preaching boldly in the synagogue, they took him aside and explained the way of God even more accurately. Did you see how that was written? When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they said, 
Apollos, that's good. Come here. We need to talk to you. <laughs> that was good. But there's more. What do you mean there's more? I'm preaching about how this Jesus is the Messiah we've been waiting for. What else do they need to know? I'm preaching that Jesus is the way for us to know God. That through him we have access to. What do you mean there's more? I'm glad you asked. Because it goes on in chapter 19. And I've placed these two pieces together for our understanding of what it is that Priscilla and Aquila knew, but Apollos had not yet been introduced to. All of them know Jesus. All of them know that he was the Son of God sent. All of them know he died. And through his blood, our sins are forgiven. All of them knew he arose. And there's more? Go with me to Acts 19. I'm going to read 1 through 7. While Apollos, we just met him, was in Corinth... Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. Did you? Did you? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No! We haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. What? There's more? Paul asked, well, then what baptism did you experience? The baptism of John. And they said, hmm, okay, that's, that's a good start. <laughs> um, Paul said, this is, here's, here's what's going on. The baptism of John calls for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. Does that mean there's a baptism in Jesus? Is that right? As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. I can tell you that our pastor does just such a thing. I baptize you in the name of Jesus. I won't go through all of it because you'll hear it all next week. Then, when Peter, I mean, I'm sorry, when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. Baptizing in the baptism of John, forgiveness of sin. You are forgiven, baptized in the name of Jesus, you're in the family. Baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're empowered. Those are the things Priscilla and Aquila learned living with Paul. There's more. Apollos came in. He knew about John. There's more. And she and he explained to Apollos. Now, the other times that I want to just go through this somewhat briefly, um, Paul mentioning Priscilla and Aquila in other letters that he wrote. 
it gives us also a little bit more of history of what happened with him. When Paul wrote to Corinth, we know, um, we know it as 1 Corinthians, when he wrote to them, he sent his greetings to the church from Aquila, from Priscilla and Aquila. Actually, there, I think he said Aquila and Priscilla. He said, oh, oh hey, they were all in Corinthians. It's where they met, then they all left. He writes that letter, and he says, oh, yeah, Aquila and Priscilla say hi. 1 Corinthians 16, 19. The churches here in the province of Asia send greetings in the name of the Lord, as do Aquila and Priscilla and all the others who gather in their home for church meetings. Now, other than when Dr. Luke first wrote about the couple, and he listed Aquila first, and then when Paul mentions them later on, this is the only place he mentions Aquila first. And I had to think about that. Lord, all the other times he always says Priscilla and Aquila. And um, he was like, that was a letter to a church that was getting corrected about how they were acting and the things that they were not doing properly. And proper would be to name him first. No need to confuse them all the more. Because you know, the moment you open that door, somebody's going to step in. Yeah, but you said, yes, but I meant, or you misunderstood. So just don't say it. You don't have to have that argument. And when he writes his letter to the Romans, Paul does, he sends fond greetings to Priscilla and Aquila. So now we know two things. They're not traveling with him anymore. Although for the time that they spent together, they were with him through what he went through, doing all they could to support what he was doing and to help him. They were co-ministering. They were travel companions. They were friends, believers in Christ, supporters of the kingdom. And in Romans, he says, Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they once risked their lives for me. I am thankful to them. And so are all the Gentile churches. And give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. Again, a glimpse inside what is going on with this couple who had money, who had prestige and place in society, who left it all. They left it all for the sake of Christ. You've heard the, the saying, die to Christ, or die for Christ? Yeah, they did. They left what they knew to do what they knew to do. They gained that flame of fire for the sake of Jesus. They wanted the others to know what they knew. They weren't happy just being Christians. They were only fulfilled when they were able to share, to let somebody else know about him, to rescue even one, to rescue even one. They even had a church in their house, and they're back in Rome. Now we can conclude that they waited until Claudius Caesar 
was dead, and he was not in office very long because he did die. A lot of them at that time were being bumped off. <laughs> but they went back because that was their roots. That's where they started. And they also knew those people needed Jesus. And they went back there. What we don't know is when they risked their lives to save Paul. But they were willing to, and they did. That's courage. That's strength and trust in God. And in the last place that I found them listed was in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 19. And I'm going to read it to you from the New King James. I do this because I have found that um, liberties are sometimes taken. I, I know some of you know this in translations. And for different reasons, when, a, when scriptures from the ancient Hebrew on the old Greek and Aramaic, when they were being written into the, or translated into the language needed by the people that they're writing to, for us it would be English, sometimes they would see the name Prisca, but go ahead and write it, oh, oh, he meant Priscilla. Well, no, if he wrote Prisca, he meant Prisca. Um, I don't know if you remember when we were studying Mark, how at the end of Mark there was an addition because they own, Mark ended his uh, gospel with the uh, resurrection of Christ and uh, his ascension. And they're like, oh, no, we, we got to put more with that. <laughs> so they actually added to what had been written. It's crazy. But I want to tell you that here, this is what Paul said to him. Oh, by the way. Second Timothy was his last letter that we have a copy of, because shortly thereafter he was um, executed. He says this in 419, "Give my greetings to Prisca and Aquila and to the household of Onesophorus." But mm, it was that that really struck me, Prisca. Priscilla is an, a friend, someone you can call Bobby Joe, who his formal name is Robert. And here, saying Prisca. And I had to go back to the Lord saying, why? After all they had been through, after all that they had risked, would he go back and formally say that? And he said he wanted the world to know, to respect and honor her. He named her first and properly. Priscilla is an amazing woman of strength, of courage, of knowledge, full of love, first for Jesus, then for her husband, and then for all others that she wanted to be touched. But Priscilla never did anything without Aquila. Dynamic duo. They worked together. They went through experiences together. 
They co-ministered with Paul together. They used their homes to minister to others. They were not ashamed of the gospel. They were acknowledged as leaders in churches. Priscilla was a mighty woman of God, bold, strong, in both word and deed, faithful wife, good friend, a spectacular woman. But really, just an ordinary woman. Because as I look across this room, I really see a lot of spectacular women. Good friends, strong in the Lord, faithful wives, ordinary women, doing extraordinary things. Knowing Aquila and Priscilla challenges us to grow in our knowledge in the Bible, discuss God's words with others, be bold enough to correct or strengthen others in their knowledge, and go anywhere the Lord says to go, whenever he says to go. Amen?